0: Welcome to the GTFO podcast. This is Holly Kaplan. For those of you who don't know, GTFO means get the F out. In this podcast, we will be discussing how to get the F out. How to get the F out of a bad situation, predicament, or something you want to flat change. I'll be interviewing individuals who have had to GTFO. Expect to hear stories of those who experience situations of despair, pain, and fear. And the only way to escape it was to GTFO. Through this podcast, I want to give you, the listeners, the power and courage to make life changes should you need to GTFO. Do you trust your friends' opinions? I mean, we have friends not only for companionship and fun, but also to help gauge our life situations. Maybe you lean on your friends for advice on work or a sticky personal situation. I know I do all the time. I value their opinions and need them almost daily they're my support system and those I trust the most. But when they give you their opinions, do you heed their advice? Maybe it isn't something you want to know or want to hear. In my younger years, I ignored their advice a lot. And looking back, it didn't do me any favors when I didn't. Our guest today, Nancy Hand, is going to share her experience of when her friends wanted her to get the F out of a relationship, and she didn't listen. Nancy Tilton Hand is an author, trainer, coach, speaker, and attorney. She's a bunch of amazing things. Nancy is the author of Beyond Rainmaking and The Hands-On Plan. Her latest project, the podcast, which is really why we're here, Friends on Hand, explores the fine art of friendship and what it takes to craft strong, true social connections in a world of digital disconnect. Miss Nancy, thank you so much for
1: joining me. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I am too. This one (laughs) is going to rock it. Um, Okay, but but as I always do, let's talk about how we know each other. How did we meet? We met through a mutual friend. One of my very good friends, Danielle, said, you need to meet Holly. And I think I just called you randomly, (laughs) as I am wont to do. And just call people, and hey, and and it was really cool because we hit it off right away. Like, oh, it's you, right? And I, I could tell, and and I was asked on my last podcast, how do you tell? And I, it it sucks to just say, you know, I just know. It's an energy, it's a vibe, but seriously, it was, and your your holiness came through so clearly. So <laughs> I was like, perfect. Perfect. So, but you know, leave it to a friend to know. Right. I know, know this person. I know this person. Oh, clearly you should go together, and it's you know, it's it's, it's great. the best way it's to nice. do it. Oh, it's it the is. best way to totally. Do it. Yeah, and we're both Type A, and we both like to get shit done. And she's probably yes. like
0: those ladies <laughs> need to talk. They like to do things. Um, well, before we get started, tell us about your podcast because it's a new podcast, and you cover so many different topics on Friends on Hand. So we'd love to hear more about it. It,
1: it is. And so um, basically, uh, to sort of lead up to it, um, my, my business shifted toward working with friendships and relationships over sort of a, there was an evolution to it. So as an attorney, I saw that people didn't really know how to negotiate well. And so I started teaching people how to negotiate. And when, you know, in the process of doing that, I realized that people didn't really understand how to get rapport with one another and communicate and mm-hmm. so I started teaching that and in teaching that I realized how how incongruent most people are with with their own unique style of communicating their charis- their everybody has a unique charismatic style. We all have a way of connecting that is beautiful and unique to us. And so I noticed that the people who had stronger friend groups were the ones that were more developed, more grounded in that ability to communicate and stand in their own truth when um, engaging with new and uh, you know, other people. So, friends on hand is a way of exploring the friend relationship and even professional networks. But as you and I both know, those blend and blur a lot. They do. They do. And be able to really develop meaningful friendships at any stage in life. And honestly, it, it's, you know, friendship is happiness. All of the metrics, all of the research show that, you know, solid good friendships are the key to happiness. It's not health or wealth, but good friendships can also lead to health, improved health and wealth, both. So why not just go for the friendship and let the rest flow? Right. I think that's a wonderful message. And after leaving corporate America,
0: I got more friends. I made so many more friends because I like Mm -hmm. let it go. And now I feel like I'm so much healthier. And. That's why. Yeah. That's why. Well, would it's you tell bad. us, would you tell <laughs> us, a, 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 share with us a couple of your, the titles of your different episodes because they run on the gamut. You've got different topics and they're all really intriguing.
1: Oh my gosh. Um, you know, I, we've talked to, you know, we've addressed race. We've talked to a friend of mine uh, and that one's called, you know, friendships of all races. Uh, mm-hmm. The most recent one is, can you make real friends in a sorority? I've had can friends save your life Uh, because in a very real way I've had friends save my life three times. Um, So just talking about different things how how friends react to an illness and and the recovery and how people show their true colors and basically connecting with the energy of friendship. We had Molly McCartney on talking about getting getting in tune with your people your right people and as Like I said, if you're not standing in your truth, you're going to connect with the wrong person. And it's just like a ship going off to an island. You're just one, you know, one little bit off on your on your plan and you're going to miss the island completely. Right. That's actually
0: a good way to say it, too. It's very true.
1: Right. It doesn't take much. It's a subtle shift. But that subtle shift can lead you into a a peer group that is just wrong. Yep. Yep. I've been there. and, and the thing is, it, it doesn't have to be radically wrong, just a slight bit off and you'll be unsatisfied, unfulfilled, and have that haunting feeling like something's not right, but can't put your finger on it. Mm-hmm. It's because you're not, you're not grounded in your own self enough to, to truly connect and have the flow of connection with the right people. And that is so valid.
0: I just had to end a friendship. I don't know if they mm-hmm. even told you. End a friendship for thirty-five years because it was oh. the wrong friendship. Oh. It was the wrong one. Yeah, um,
1: get out of town. Oh, I can't wait to hear. About well, that. Well, yeah, we'll have to talk about that one. But it was That's not another podcast. It, but
0: it's another podcast. It was not an even energy exchange. It was not healthy. It was not um, mm. positive. And I made a decision. I was like, I can't, I'm not going to be on this island with this person anymore. I'm going to exit. So, but to your point,
1: mm-hmm. it's healthier if you make the right choices that way it is and and with friends i you know it sounds harsh but that one bad apple it applies everywhere yeah it does not just not just in the factory not just you know whatever in the apple barrel in your friend groups as well
0: right right but see your podcast is
1: bringing more awareness to this topic and i love that that is a good topic like title one bad apple one
0: bad apple man <laughs> i love it oh. okay
1: I got to find that one. Okay.
0: Okay. I can't wait to hear this story about, oh, we'll wait. call him Bo. Bo. And and you know, when I, <laughs> in my notes, I spelled it B-E-A-U-X. Well, you know, we're uh-huh. from Louisiana. Of I had course. to spell it B-E-A-U-X. So, raging Cajuns. I'm raging. Yep. That's us. Um, what makes you want to tell this story about Bo? And the way I'll ask you the questions, the story will unfold. And I know the listeners will find it intriguing and a little saucy too.
1: Fascinating. Well, the reason I want to tell it is because any disconnection from your friend group is detrimental to your health and well-being, period. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people fall into situations like this accidentally, like I did. And it's kind of like the frog in the boiling water. If you're turning the heat up slowly, that frog will cook willingly. Okay, that mental picture is now (laughs) perfect.
0: Like or frog? My
1: brain. Yeah, I, I just know. pictured the frog. But go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, but ahead. you know, you don't notice until until it's too late, right? Um, and also, when you, you you know, if you if you've let yourself be boiled, there's also a little bit of shame that goes along with it. So it makes it even harder to reach out, especially when when you've had some forewarning. and You're like, then you're eating crow. Like, oh God, you guys were right. This this was the wrong path for me, but. Um, And just working with what I'm doing right now, I'm exploring every aspect of how friendship and friend groups can can be destroyed. And this is a subtle, sneaky, insidious way. And it is when you are with a partner who slowly chokes you off from your people and your support system. And it is, I don't know if it's consciously done, but I think certain personality types want to have enough control and power to over their partner um, to be the only one, to be the only voice, to be the only um, person you have nearby to bounce off ideas and um, plan and that kind of thing. So that's why I want to tell it.
0: Yes, because
1: I want to tell it because it it can go missed. It can be unnoticed. And I want to shine a light on that because it it's, it doesn't have to be necessarily a partner. It can be a controlling friend. It could be a coworker. It could be anybody who who basically circles the wagons around you and drives everybody else away. And that's what happened. Well, I appreciate your honesty on this and the
0: fact that you um, were able to recognize it. And I think your words today are going to help other people recognize it too. Because I've been in your shoes with... Mm-hmm with boyfriends like that, with, um, friends like that, with coworkers like that. And you kind of get sucked in, in a way mm-hmm. they have a way of doing it. So, um, I'm glad you're
1: talking about this, but as we um, see, there's some symbiosis though there, you, you made is. me think with your questions. So, <laughs> yeah, well, well, okay. So kind of give us
0: the overview on, on Bo and how did you meet this guy and what made you like him? So
1: I had a, I have a very good friend still um, who is a chef, and I, I was at a—I'll just preface this with—I was at a very low point. Um, I, 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 this was sort of in the year and a half after being licensed to practice law, and I had taken on so much because I didn't—I had a job coming out of law school— but I didn't have a big enough challenge, so I challenged myself further and I started a nonprofit on top of that. And I burned myself out. You were a little busy.
0: You were a little busy there. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. I just you know, I couldn't I couldn't slow down. It's like you come off that come off that run, you know, the highway and I couldn't slow down. So I had to get right back on and just pile on a bunch of stuff on me. So I was frazzled and burning out and my friend called and he said, He said, Do you want some white chocolate? I'm like, No. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not really chocolate. Let's just be honest, okay? Um, but then he's like, it's really good. It's high quality. It's 11 pounds. And I'm like, oh, wait, it's high right,
0: quality. And it's..." <laughs> he's telling you the weight. Are we sure it's chocolate? I'm just
1: <laughs> <asking>. <laughs> <laughs> 11 pounds of white chocolate. I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, fine for you. I'll take it. And he said, okay, I'm going to send it back with my friend. And, and, you know, you can just go pick it up there. And friend had a new roommate and it was this guy. My friend was gone. Bo was there. Mm. And um, very cute, very charming, very well, why don't you come in for a second? Chit chatty, gregarious, all the things. And it was it was almost like looking back on it, it was pretty calculated. <laughs> really? So so the chocolate was was the litmus. And when I told my friend, I said, Hey, you know, roommate has, you know, friend has new roommate, and he's like, No don't <laughs> I'm like what he's cute. he's nice he's like don't do it <laughs> it's bad news bear I liked how he's just
0: like no uh-uh.
1: yes oh he there was no absolutely no question in his voice and look this is somebody I, I had warned him about somebody years years before and he did it too so we're even um I think his whole friend group simultaneously said no <laughs> and he did it anyway and he told me no, and I I ignored the warning.
0: Because you were so swayed by his
1: it, charm we, and good looks and at a time when I was frazzled and constantly just in a in a peak stress state, to have to just suddenly have a pocket of of somebody paying total attention to me and being nice and courteous and he was cute and you know when you're in a state of of stress like that it feels like like i told you it was like ah going back to bed or something like oh i can relax now i have this and it's you know it's kind of like you know crack you want more of that right so yeah (laughs) I haven't had crack, just to be make the record yeah. really clear here. <laughs>
0: sure, Nancy, we know. Like real
1: kidding. chocolate. It's like a real dark, dark chocolate. You want more of it. <laughs> right. Well, it sounds like it made it more comfortable for you, in yes. a way,
0: after going through everything you had worked on. You know, you're like, yeah. okay, I can breathe a little bit. I've got a partner right now.
1: You know, yes. um, it, it kind of like fills an all escape. the blanks for the
0: moment. Yeah, An,
1: an, an escape. escape where I could just relax and be myself and I didn't have to be on all the time. And, um, that was it. I mean, that was, it was like a port in a storm, really. Um, how serious did you guys get
0: in your relationship? We dated
1: for four ish years. Yeah. And, um, he was from a very big family. So lots of family values. Um, like I like I mentioned the other day my my good takeaway from that being from a you know nuclear family of three kids you know when you get into the teens with, with with your brothers and sisters that's a whole different thing and I learned about that I have a working knowledge of the big family and it's different and it's neat um and scary but um you know it was it was serious for a while definitely and um you had asked me before, did I think we'd get married? And yeah. I, yeah, kind of just figured, yeah, sure, after a while that would happen. Um, but it never, it never seemed like a, I don't know the word, imminent. Right. If you will. Right. Right.
0: Maybe you always kind of knew in a way that <clears throat> that wasn't going to be the final outcome of the relationship. And go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, um is your relationship progressed did you detect any of the behaviors that your friends ultimately were able to see
1: yes in a way um so i have i have a little handicap and it is i have a limited n- very limited sense of smell from a head injury i had when i was 15 so a lot of the tells other people get about things like, ooh, drinking, I don't get because I can't smell it. And with him, I couldn't tell when he had been drinking. So I, I was it was a real big blind spot for me. And I think my friends were picking up on it and I wasn't. And they didn't. I, I guess nobody puts two and two together. Like, oh, well, she doesn't even know, man. Um, so... That was something that was going on that I wasn't noticing, that other people were noticing, um, that was just kind of slipping under the radar. Right. And you had he, said he, he could hold his alcohol really well. Oh, like, my God. You couldn't tell if he had been drinking
0: physically. You couldn't look at him and think, that guy's wasted.
1: Right. And that was, that was kind of something, like, toward the end, all, when all the things sort of f- started falling into place, I realized I couldn't tell if he was drunk until he was blotto. Like, like. Really drunk. Other people, you can you can see them like the progression. Like my husband right now, I can hear two beers over, <laughs> over the phone. Like, like you on your second one, huh? <laughs> you're so tuned in. You know? Yeah, I totally. <laughs> well, probably tuned in after this thing, but um, but most people have a tell. You definitely, you can tell I've had a glass of wine. It is obvious. Unfortunately, painfully obvious. But this guy. I don't know what his superpower was, or his liver must have been the size of Texas. But he, <laughs> he, you could not tell, really. And thinking back, it's scary because he. There are times when he probably had had way more than he should have, and was doing things he shouldn't have done. You know, like driving, yeah, or mowing the lawn, or whatever. Yeah, I would say running equipment. It's a little sure. scary.
0: Power tools, <laughs> power tools, right? Exactly. Now, was he drinking like this throughout your relationship? Like, had yes. this been from the very beginning? Okay.
1: Yes, and did I know? No, I did not. That was that was a really painful kind of ringing out for me.
0: It, is this why your friend, the white chocolate friend, said no? Do you think looking back, that's why he was like, "Don't go to Bo. Don't go there."
1: That was one of the reasons. The other was that um, he was an unreliable musician who couldn't keep a job. This is a whole other conversation, but he was a very – this is the thing, and this is why this kind of creeps up. And I, I can explain more about this, but he was really, really talented. He was an incredibly talented musician. He could play like six instruments well, Wow! but he wasn't doing anything with it. And sometimes, sometimes when we think we're in love, we're in love with the potential. Right. And I tell every little little person I, I can get my hands on, don't ever fall in love with potential. Fall in love with a person because the potential may never get realized. And to be honest, what, 90% of the world never realizes their potential.
0: That's so true. So that's so true.
1: better to love the person and not the possibilities.
0: Right. I like that. That's good advice.
1: Thank you. Um, let's
0: go to your friends because that's really why we're here did any of your friends look at him and go Nancy that shit is crazy did anyone confront you and say this is not a good relationship for you how did they respond um
1: some friend the friend that sounded the initial alarm backed off a little bit um i had a few friends like raise eyebrows like okay so, you know he he doesn't seem to be able to keep a job like what are you doing here? But nobody was like it was more subtle. Like nobody really f- like forced it down my throat. Right. And I think it's it partly was because you know, maybe they thought I knew what I was doing, but they what they saw was someone who was using me. What I saw mm-hmm. was someone who was had all this potential. <laughs> so much potential Seriously. going so nowhere so much potential but and they they did pull away they i mean it was it was a subtle kind of just like the frog in the pot like it wasn't like everybody was like we're out of here and i did i take that back i had one friend who did speak up and and she but she was also sponging in her own way so i was like hmm which one do i keep and right. I kept him,
0: You're like, consider you know? the source, consider the right. source. Right,
1: exactly. Somehow. And and that you have to look at that too, like who's who's piping up here and why? And is is it because they just want more of my attention? And that was that. So I was like, oh, well, clearly that's the one I need to let go. Um, in retrospect, they both needed to go. And um so what my friends saw was different from what I saw. And at the you know, on the other side of this, the whole other side of this was when, um, when it was really revealed that that oh, I don't want to wreck your story program. Are we? No,
0: you're <laughs> I'll fine. I'll let you ask the no, question. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm so zoned into what you're saying right now. I'm going with it.
1: So when Katrina hit, um, I bought a house, my house, and it was it was a very big house, and everybody thought I was nuts for leaving New Orleans, and then there I was in Auburn, Alabama with, you know, shelter for my friends for 21 days. And I had a girlfriend, her husband, her mother-in-law, her sister, six month old twins, a three-year-old, two dogs, like a gecko, all kinds of stuff. They, They all moved in. And um, he, about a year before, The drinking thing had actually been caught. And I was like, he was supposed to have been going to AA. He was supposed to have quit. Right. And so at this point you knew. At this point. At this point I knew. But I was like, okay, okay. let's let's, you know, we can work through this.
0: Of course, trying to help Mr. Potential.
1: Can fix it. Yeah. yeah, Can fix it. it. I will save you. So um and it turned out, uh, he offered my friend's husband booze that he was keeping in this shed and my friend my friend told me and that was it then we then I was like ah that's that is it and the thing is and you asked me if I loved him and I'll say at the time I fought I felt like I did I thought that was love and it wasn't and it wasn't until god bless AA or Al-Anon I went to two of those meetings after after he left a friend of mine was like, "Just go, suck it up, go." And you know, I, I was sitting in the circle and everything. And within about fifteen minutes, it was abundantly clear, like crystal freaking stupid clear, that this wasn't about Bo. This was about my dad, and I was literally reenacting what I hoped would be a better outcome of my parents' marriage. Oh, that wow. I mean, that, so freaking deep, and I was like, "Oh my god!" This it was elating and and. And infuriating at the same time like son of a bitch this is about dad <laughs> <laughs> sorry you can <laughs> edit telling that out. no it's fine it stays in But uh, but it, but it, but it is Welcome. he was you know dad I, I don't know if he ever reached his potential but he was a, he was a high-powered litigator and he was he was a drinker and um high functioning and my i don't know that that was ever like a thing but his his behaviors in a way were a lot like Bo's. Right. There's a parallel. There's a big parallel There's, there. It was sort of a Jekyll and Hyde kind of thing, although Bo was never, never mean outwardly. Like I said, he was he was passive aggressive, but it was mostly passive and just, just insidious sabotage from underneath, you know? You couldn't quite pin it on anything, but he was chip chip chipping away all the time at your at my psyche, about at my self my self-confidence. Just a t- t- t-
0: little this bit. This guy sounds like a narcissist, though. I mean, he I think sounds he was. like he's got Absolutely. narcissistic and
1: yeah, I'm sure. And he was he was raised by politicians. So the other interesting thing is even I have been trained in NLP since I was 15. I can spot a liar. But he was so incongruent all of the time that you could not tell when he lied. You couldn't tell when he was drunk. You couldn't tell when he was lying. bald face lies. Just couldn't. Amazing. He was that. I've good. never met anybody else like that. He was that good. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of want to take this in a different direction
0: now. I want to take this back towards yeah. your friends, if you don't mind. Sure. Yeah. Because I, I want to really talk about how they reacted to all this. In a former conversation, you had said they had become, they had begun to peel off. You're like, mm-hmm. they just started to, to peel off. Like, how did that work? Like, if you had an event. Or you wanted to go somewhere and then Susie says, I can't make it. I have to wash my hair.
1: Like, was that a peel off situation? Again, um, it was, it was subtle and it was slow. So, so as the relationship progressed, fewer and fewer invitations came in. Fewer and fewer RSVPs came back for things that I wanted to do. And, um, I will just tell you, I had a party in New Orleans and nobody came. Oh, Nancy. I'm no so one. Yeah. Dude, it was like, for me, you know me, I'll love a good party and I throw a mean party.
0: And in New um, Orleans, who says I no know. to a party in
1: New Orleans? To have no one show right. up at all was was so devastating to me. Um, and it was it was just, it was like a lack of interest. Like suddenly everybody in my friend group and even extended network just went tepid. And I don't know if it was necessarily him or who I was with him. Mm-hmm. And that's another another thing to point out. When, when you have someone who is controlling in their own way, your personality does change a little bit. Your approach to life and the way you reach out to your friend group changes, and mine changed oh, enough God. that, yeah, I don't know if it was him or me, but either way. No, you have to adapt
0: to them because I've been through a series yes. of narcissistic slash controlling relationships and you have to always cater to them you cannot mm-hmm. spend that much time with your friends they do not mm-hmm. allow it in my experience and they don't they don't like it so yes, you really can't always there. yourself
1: yeah so so that was that was what happened and it was you know it was one of those things like i looked up one day i'm like where is everybody where'd they go i used to have friends why don't i have friends anymore And it was that—that was kind of part of the awakening. Like, hey, now, (laughs) right? I used to have a freak ton boatload of friends, and they're gone. (laughs) That had to feel—that had to feel bad, though. I would feel sad if I looked around. I was like, "Where did all my peeps go? Where'd they go?" When you don't, when you don't get invited to the girls' trip. Oh yeah, that yeah, that's a telltale sign. Harsh, Harsh harshy, harsh. That's
0: harsh, but. So tell me this, what was your GTFO moment with Bo, which you kind of alluded to before, but I want to hear a little bit more about Mm. that. And then how did you get your friends back? How did you re-engage? Because that's part of it. Because I've been through something similar. I had to go back and re-engage with people because I had been isolated for so long.
1: So tell tell me about those two aspects. Okay. So, so. After, and I can remember exactly. We were out on a lake, and she we were walking up the dock, and she's like, I need to talk to you about something. And she told me about it. And when we got home, I went and looked, and it was there. Everything was legit. That was it. And it was it was like someone had ripped the veil down. Mm-hmm. And everything about his face and his voice and the things that came out of his mouth shifted. And I was so mad. <laughs> and it was like... There, there was a wave of indignation of you have wasted, literally wasted, four years of my life. And, and, and it was almost in one fell swoop. I'm standing there with my arm, with my hand pointed like, out, get out. I've, I've, it, was, it was just a kicking out. You take all your stuff. Take it. And, and he had cost me a lot of money. He drove away in a car that pretty much I bought. Um, this is, nobody's heard this story. So I love <laughs> so it. I love hey, it. For the rest of the world, we all we all have our trainer people. I learned so much. I can't say it was a waste of four years because the amount of juicy information I learned about myself, about life, about people in big families, about where my boundaries should be, right. all of that. It was like a big annealing process for me. So that was it. And it, I, I couldn't get him away fast enough at that point. Like, you are out.
0: Yeah, I like Early, you said you just pointed your finger to the door. You're like, go.
1: <laughs> Early convenience. Before. Like, you know, f- friends left for Katrina, whatever. And it was, it was a matter of, of getting his ass out and gone forever.
0: I think we get to that point. Like there's no more sympathy. There's no more empathy. There's
1: no more bullshit. You're just done. You were done. You had every right to be done. You crossed that threshold. It's like it's like you know. There's a there's a point when somebody's playing bluegrass that you just run over and smash the radio. So (laughs) that that was
0: good. That was good.
1: I do like bluegrass, but there's a point. So, but that was it. Like that was it. Enough. It was like a switch had been flipped. My education in this part of life is over now. I get it.
0: But that's I probably get the message. That's probably <laughs> where you need it, is what you were saying. That was the lesson. It's a lesson in boundaries. It's a lesson in self. Yes. Know? And I think that there is value in that because now you're probably a different person and see things differently.
1: Absolutely. And the the thing is with with my friends, there, you know, I had to go through that period of mourning, like you always do after a, a relationship ends. And but it was like, it was, like I told you before, like on the old Star Treks or whatever, when they land on a planet and they think it's uninhabited, but then people start peeking out from behind the buildings and stuff. Yeah, That was my friends coming back. Like, is he really gone? gone. <laughs> looks like she's, looks like I'll she's alone here. now. Well, yeah. Like, okay. Like, how's it going? And that, that was how we began to reconnect. And I, I did a lot of work on myself, a lot of work because I realized that like, if I didn't fix me, um, I would attract just another one of those. And so I went full tilt into self-discovery, self-improvement, and really reconnected with my my friend network and then expanded it. And when I met Will, um, first of all, we were already kind of friends, but when we locked eyes at that Christmas party, I was at a point in life where I was really, really happy, doing well in my business. Um, just felt good, healthy. Everything about my life was spinning in a perfect way. And that's when you want to meet, meet somebody that's, you don't want to be at the bottom of the pond drowning when you meet your special someone. So you make you want to be choices when you're there. So yes. You make bad choices. Yeah. You want to be at the top of the mountain going, yeah, I love it up here. Bosses. Yeah. And that's how, it, and he was too. And so that's when Will and I connected and he's my person. He's perfect
0: well you rave about him all the time and that's i love awesome. hearing that i mean you sound really really He's happy cool uh, you're very, you're very lucky you know it's very important to have that and you're very lucky to have that yeah um
1: okay I'm and just- he has his own friends that's another thing he has he has oh. good friends of his own and and his it, that was important too his friends and we all got along he gets along with my friends the friend groups blended nicely
0: that makes a difference um, too because it tells gosh, you it a does. lot about your personality.
1: Oh, it does. Really. Um and so yeah, that's how that worked out.
0: Um tell me about when your friends came back and they were peeking around the corner. Mhm. Did they come forward to you to say, "Look, I'm so glad you got out of that." Like how did they, yes, respond to to the new Nancy?
1: With with glee. Right yes <laughs> relief it was mainly relief cuz cuz a lot of them thought that was that was going to last for two forever and yeah um for them it was it was a friend loss because truthfully I am a barrel of monkeys fun when I'm when I'm in when my zone and Um, My friends were glad to have that back. And I did hear a lot about that. And and it was, you know, there was the tentative peeker on the corner and then it was a let's go do things. And suddenly I was in a whirlwind of activity. And there it was.
0: And there it was. was.
1: And Mm -hmm. that in that respect, I'm really, really lucky that they were still there. You know, a lot of a lot of times people get in these relationships and they last too long. And the friend groups just really do dissipate and disappear completely. I had something there I had strong enough relationships to turn and, and fluff them back up, resurrect them, and, and have even a, a deeper and more meaningful relationship with my friends than I did before because I've learned more about me. Right. And I was connecting with them from a more truthful place than I had previously just because I started doing that work and really getting to know my values who I am. It strengthens the
0: relationship.
1: Oh, Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. That's the best outcome. No doubt. If your
0: friends took a pause and then stood by you when you were Mm -hmm. ready, Mm -hmm. that's the best outcome for that situation. Absolutely. Okay. I kind of have a heavy question now.
1: Go Uh, ahead. Wasn't all heavy?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Right. Just when you think you're getting away. Um, Mm -hmm. What advice do you have for others? And when I say that, I mean the friends. What advice do you have for the friends? Because you were in your own world. I've been in that world. I understand it. What, mm-hmm. ad, what would you tell the friend group to do with someone like yourself now?
1: Um, interesting question. So so I, I read that differently. But if it looks like your friend is has been hypnotized and brainwashed, um, just hang back and watch. Mm-hmm. Let them know you're there. Mm-hmm. Like every now and then, just say, "Hey, I'm here, still here." Right. You right. know, right. Because they may or may not be responsive to you.
0: Yeah.
1: But but when when that veil is ripped away, and suddenly they see, which hopefully will happen, they're going to look for you right away. Oh, I'm going to cry. I um, know. I know. It's very emotional. <laughs> it is you with your heavy questions. So, <gasps> <Thank laughs> but when. Yeah, when when that veil gets ripped away, they're gonna be turn they're gonna turn, they're gonna go, where's Holly? I need Holly right now. And they're gonna need you.
0: You're gonna make me cry. You did it. To it's me. true. Well, no, I but- wanted to ask because when I got divorced before I got divorced, mm-hmm. my best friend Rachel from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, had an mm-hmm. intervention with me twice. <laughs> because she was that friend. She was like We got to talk, girl. This is not healthy for you. She was one of the only people that would put that mirror up to me. And she said, you have my permission. Not that I needed it, but not that I was asking for it, but I did need it. I did need for someone that Mm -hmm. close to me to say, you can get out. You can do it. And it gives me chills when I talk about it. And it is emotional. I love that. Because the people that love you the most are the ones that will say, hey, this is not good for you.
1: Yeah. So, Agreed agreed so so that that's what i would do and yeah. if, um you asked me what i would do differently yeah is listen to my friends and work on me first and not not connect with anybody when you're at a low point no and and that's not just a partner that's a friend or a business colleague too you want to be you want to have your mindset in a good place and and your your path laid out, and then it's not not to say don't connect, but make sure when you're connecting with new people, you're you're connecting from a good, truthful heart space, and a, and a good point, a good space.
0: I agree with you because you're going to attract what's the best for you when you're yeah. your best.
1: It's very true. I mean, if you if you go out into the world feeling feeling like a two, you're going to meet twos. And the thing is, if you meet a lot of twos and you get hooked up with people who are low energy or not motivated or whatever, they'll keep you there. They will.
0: It's very they true. They will hold
1: you in that st- in that pattern yep. and it'll make it harder for you to get to a 10
0: Yeah, or reach your potential.
1: You. Mm-hmm. It's all about elevation. Right. So, so work on that vibration, work on who you are first, and then get out there and meet people who are going to propel you into a better place, not drag you down. That's
0: excellent advice. Yeah. All of it, Nancy, all of it's excellent Ah! advice. I
1: can't believe you made me cry.
0: I know. I love it. (laughs) Well, okay. Good news is I'm not going to ask any more heavy questions. I'm going to ask an easy question. Yay. If people want to know more about you.
1: How should they connect with you, Miss Nancy? You can find me at www.nancytiltonhand.com, or you can go to friendsonhand.com if, and find the podcast there. And I have something really special coming up in October, um, October 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. I'm doing a three-day live virtual event where I will be taking participants through what I think is like the dream friend maker sequence, which is starting with the mindset work on day one, all the way through to cultivating those new contacts for long-term relationships on day three. So, and everything in between, and I'm really excited. So if you go to, if you're hearing this between uh, September, late August, September, 2020, you can go to F O H Dive D-I-V-E, and find out more about the webinars I have coming up. And each one of those is gonna have good actionable nuggets too. So um, go check it out. Send your friends um, because we really need the spirit of friendship right now. Mm-hmm. And in this age of digital disconnect, it's easy to tune out um, and get rusty, especially when we're not meeting face-to-face like we normally do. You know, you don't use it, you lose it. So this is a way for people to come out of this time of COVID with more with more giddy up and better giddy up. Giddy up. I love I, it. I just said that. But better networking skills and a better network. I am absolutely cultivating my network right now and I can show you how to do the same thing. And so and to your point it's the, it's
0: the best time to do it. I know it that really your, is. Your seminar is going to be amazing because I know what kind of leader you are. You're so smart and so well put together and you have Aww. wonderful intentions and you are the expert on friends. So this is going to be a great event. I have no doubt. No doubt. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for joining me guys and Nancy. And guess what? That's a wrap. Thank you for joining me on this GTFO podcast. Can't wait to get connected again. Thanks. Thank you for joining me today on the GTFO podcast. This is Holly Kaplan. To connect with me for confidence coaching or speaking engagements, please connect with me at hollykaplan.com or find me on Instagram at GTFO underscore podcast. Thanks.